Welcome to Nest Church, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nestchurch.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are loved. God is good. <clears throat> Amen. All the time. Good. It's good to be back um, with the fam today. As last week, as you heard, and, and Pastor Leo was uh, sharing, Nancy and I, we, we were able to celebrate our anniversary, and it was a good time, amen, thank you, it was a good time just to kind of um, um, just disconnect and uh, enjoy each other and uh, really not be distracted and just focus on having a good time and laughing and being intentional with really just spending time with one another. So we had a, a great anniversary weekend, and we're just uh, happy to be here. She's with the kids right now, and I'm just grateful to be bringing the word today and to be able to speak to, to the family today. Amen? So, so just thank you. We're grateful for that. Um, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Numbers uh, chapter 13, Numbers 13. And I want to kind of give you a reason and a, a little summary here of, of, of what's happening and why we are... Um, at Numbers, and, and specifically chapter 13 and 14 is what we're going to read right now. Um, for the last two gatherings of more, um, we've been sitting on these chapters. If you've been here for more in the last two more gatherings, um, how many of you have been blessed by our last two more gatherings? Yeah. Amen. Um, they've been very powerful, and we've been speaking very strongly in love, and, and um, really just um, encouraging us for what more looks like and um, to rise up really as a greater man and woman of God um, where we live in a time of many excuses and a time to really bask in our weaknesses. We're trying to stir up the waters and more and say this is not the time to bask and, and, and just to be overwhelmed in your weakness but to find the strength and to find the man, the woman of God, the leader that God has called you to be during this time. Amen? And uh, more has been special and specifically for our last two more gatherings, we've been talking about the cost, the cost of leadership, that there's a cost for it. And we've been, we've been reading through Numbers chapter 13 and 14 for those last two months or so in our more gatherings. So we do encourage all of you to come to more. Um, so be paying attention to the next more gathering. Come. It's a little bit different. The structure of it is a little bit different than how we do on Sundays. It's a little bit, uh, uh, it's a little bit more in your face. It's a little bit more stronger. Um, if you come to a more gathering with all love and you get offended, you're probably not ready for more yet. Okay, you're, so it's, it's one of those things that we, we talk very honestly, very strong, very loving, and it's the word of God. Just uh, And it's not like we don't do that on Sunday mornings here, um, but it's really to stir up uh, a place of leadership in every single individual. And we're just excited for that, so come and join us for our next more gathering and, uh, and uh, just be part of it, and it's, it's special. The next one's going to be real cool. We're going to have a, a time of discussion, and um, I can't wait for it, um, actually, so, so I, I'm just excited for it. So we're going to jump into Numbers 13 and 14. And today's message, if you're taking notes, write this down. It's titled, We Can Conquer It. We Can Conquer It. How many of you have had things in your lives that you've had to overcome? You just had to overcome these things. How many of you, really honest, um, how many of you have things in your life right now that you need to conquer? So it's not necessary that you've already conquered it, but some of you have things right now that I need to conquer. And I'm not here to pacify and to make you feel good. I'm here to tell you just like I tell myself. Well, you need to conquer it. You need to overcome it. Like, like, swallow it and let's, let's conquer it. 
let's overcome. And we're going to be blessed by that today. I believe that. We're going to be um, just honored and honor the word of God. But I want to read so you can know what is happening um, in this story in Numbers 13 and 14 and why I titled this message, We Can Conquer It. I'm going to start off in verse 1 of chapter 13. And what's special here is, if you know about the Israelites, they've left Egypt. They're in the wilderness. And where are they heading? They're heading to what God has promised Moses in Exodus chapter 6. I believe it's the promised land. I have a land for you uh, that flows with milk and honey. And, 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 and Moses and that generation of Israelites, they're aiming towards the promised land. And the Red Sea has parted. And the enemies of the Israelites, the Pharaoh and his men, have drowned in the waters. And now they're in the wilderness. And there's a cloud of fire. And in the morning, there's bread of heaven at the, on the floor. And, and they've just been blessed. But yet it's been a time of testing as well. And um, of time of, of where God was really dealing with these people. So now we find ourselves at a place where they're at the brink. They're at the border. They're right there facing what is biblical Canaan. They're at the promised land. They're just right across from it. And it was time to go check out the land that God had promised. So what were they going to do? We're going to go ahead and grab a leader from every tribe. If you know about the Israelites, they're, they're made up of 12 tribes. They're called the 12 tribes of Israel. And they're descendants from the 12 sons, right? The 12 sons of? Of who? Of Jacob. And uh, Jacob and, slash Israel. And these make up the 12 tribes of Israel, which will make up later on the nation of Israel. And they grab one leader from every single tribe. And they say, go and spy the land. So in total, there's 12 leaders in leadership. These are 12 sought up men. 12 men that in their families are respected, 12 men that are honored, 12 men that are chosen because they've seen leadership quality amongst their tribe and they've chosen to go and spy the land and to bring back what they find in that land. Is it what God has said? So that's where we're at. They're right there at the brink of the promised land. They're they're about to enter it, but there is a situation there's a problem, there's a trouble, there's an obstacle. And I think all of us can relate to this. Let's just read before we get into this stuff. Chapter 13, verse 1. Are you guys there? Amen? And we start off, and it starts off like this. The Lord now said to Moses, send out men to explore the land of Canaan, the land I'm giving to the Israelites, and send one leader from each of the 12 tribes so Moses did as the Lord commanded him and he sent out 12 men all tribal leaders of Israel from their camp in the wilderness of Paran and these were the tribes and the names of their leaders for the sake of time if you read verses 5 through 15 it tells you every tribe like Reuben and Simeon and Judah all the way down to Naphtali and Gad and then it tells you the name of every single leader for every tribe and you'll see some of their names there, Shamoah and Shaphat and Caleb and Egal and uh, Paiti and all these different names. Some of them, two of them you're going to see are really recognizable. The other ten you've probably never heard of in your life. And it says in verse 16, these are the names of the men that Moses sent out to explore the land. And Moses called Hosea, son of Nun, by the name of Joshua. So that is the Joshua that we know. 
This would be the Joshua that would become the next leader after Moses and eventually lead these people, the Israelites, into the promised land. This would be the future leader, Joshua. This is the Joshua that marches and sends the camp to march seven times around Jericho. This is the Joshua that is leading the priest to blow the trumpets and to yell after the seventh lap. Like, this is that Joshua. He was one of the leaders of the 12 tribes. And specifically, Joshua was the leader of the tribe of Ephraim. Where Caleb, we're going to talk about him, is the leader here from the tribe of Judah. So these are the names, and one of them was named Joshua. Verse 17, Moses gave the men these instructions as he sent them out to explore the land. He said, go north through the Negev into the hill country and see what the land is like and find out whether the people living there are strong or weak, whether they're few or many, and see what kind of land they live in. Is it good or is it bad? Do their towns have walls or are they unprotected like open camps? Is the soil fertile or is it poor? Are there many trees? Do your best to bring back samples of the crops that you see. It happened to be the season for harvesting. It was the time for the ripe grapes. And it says in verse 21, So they went up, they explored, slash spied, the land from the wilderness of Zin as far as Rehob near Lehamath, going north, they passed through the Negev, arrived at Hebron, where Ahiman, Seshai, Tamai, and all the descendants of Anak lived. The ancient town of Hebron was founded seven years before the Egyptian city of Zoan. When they came to the valley of Eshkol, they cut down a branch with a single cluster of grapes so large, listen to this, that it took two of them to carry it on a pole between them. And they also brought back samples of pomegranates and figs. And that place was called the Valley of Eshkob, which means cluster. The Valley of Cluster. Because there was so much fruit. There was so much goodness. So it says there, because of the cluster of grapes, the Israelite men cut there. Verse 25, you with me? It says, after exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. Listen to this. <clears throat> they reported to the whole community what they had seen, and they showed them the fruit they had taken from the land. And this was their report to Moses. There was time to report. It was time to bring the clusters of grapes and pomegranates and figs. It was time to bring forth all the blessings that was found in the land. It was time to present it to their leader, Moses, and to Aaron, and to the, all the tribes. What did you find? You can imagine after 40 days, the anticipation. Come on. You can imagine after 40 days, what they were like. Oh, what did you find? What did you see? You could, you could just sense that. Come on, imagine you tell someone, go to the promised land, and check out what the promised land is like. And when you come back, Bring back some stuff from the promised land and tell us, tell us what you find. Can you imagine that? Someone comes from the promised land of heaven and they come back and they're like, oh man, I saw angels and they had four heads and they had six wings and they had eyes and they were singing songs and saying words I'd never heard of. Can you imagine? Oh, I brought forth some of the fruit from the tree of life and look what it is. I mean, can you imagine the anticipation? Obviously, this was a physical and earthly promised land. 
And they're anticipating and they're, and they're ready to hear the report from these 12 leaders that spied and explored the land for 40 days. And this is what they came back to Moses with. Are you guys ready? He says, we entered the land that you sent us to explore. And it is indeed a bountiful country. It is a land that is flowing with milk and honey. And you could almost see they take out the clusters of grapes and the pomegranates and the figs. And they bring it to Moses and they slap it on a table. And then what do they say next? They say, here is the kind of fruit it produces. And you could see Moses giving a piece of grape to Aaron. And Aaron grabbing a fig and giving it to one of the other leaders. And then they're grabbing a pomegranate and ripping it up and they start to chew on it and they're basking in the fruit of this promised land can you guys see it in the movie there in your mind can you guys see it how it's playing out in your mind and you could see the 12 leaders just looking at each other like they like the fruit that's for sure and and and, and they're giving a report of what was just witnessed and taken here is here it is the fruit it produces Pastor Leo said something last Sunday, which, by the way, I love the message that was preached last Sunday. What a powerful, powerful, graceful message that was preached. If you weren't here last Sunday, or if you're hearing this live, go back and listen to last Sunday's message where it says, go see the prophet. What an amazing message that was. But he said something. He says, there's always a but. And, And we mentioned that a lot here in the scripture, the buts in scripture. But look at the negative aspect of of this but. So so the country is bountiful. It's flowing with milk and honey and the fruit. Here it is. Look what it produces. Verse 28, everyone with me there, you'll see that hopefully in your translation it says, but. But the people living there are powerful. So they come with a good report. Oh, the fruit is delicious. Oh, the land is beautiful. Oh, my God, it is a fruitful land. But... You know when someone tells you, I love you, I think you're amazing, I love how you, but it's like when you meet with someone, what is the number one rule? You start positive. You start positive. I think you're great. I think you're handsome. I think you're cute. I'm still attracted to you. Uh, you know, all those weird things, but I just feel, or I, but it's just, there's, that butt, you know, it's about to cancel everything. That <laughs> All right. You've all been there. You know, you're in a meeting with someone and they're talking to you. You're like, where's the butt? There's no way that we came for all this good stuff. Where's the butt? The butt's going to sneak in here at any moment. And you just wait for that. There's always that little butt, man. Sometimes it's like Pastor Leo says, sometimes that big butt just comes in in the middle. And um, we're like, oh, man, it just, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming, and all, all for the sake of the word, okay? But the people living there, oh, all this is good stuff, but the people living there, they are powerful, and their towns are large, and they're fortified. Look at this, guys. We even saw giants there. The descendants of Anak, the Amalekites, live there. The Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites, they all live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. What are they saying? We're surrounded by enemies and giants. The land is beautiful, but there's a huge problem. 
There's an opposition. There's a trouble. And it's massive. And it's in every region around the promised land, around Canaan. That's the problem. That's the but. And instantly in verse 30, there's 12 leaders that are presenting their report to Moses. How many leaders? 12 leaders are presenting their report. And in the middle of them presenting their report, they begin to turn negative. Negative. There's always a negative person in that group. Or there's always negative people in that group because negativity just travels. And misery loves company. You know, miserable people, bitter people, negative people, what do they do? They start calling what? Bitter people, negative people, and miserable people. Why? So we could all be what? Negative people, miserable people, and bitter people all together. So, so here are a group of men, and they've all gotten in each other's ears. And they've all listened to these lies. It's, it's a truth covered in lies. And they're like, oh, but it's beautiful, but there's a big problem. And they start to get really negative. And in verse 30, it says, but Caleb, everyone say Caleb. Caleb. Or, you know what, better yet, everyone say, but Caleb. Caleb. Because for a negative but, there could be a positive but. Don't but the line. Well, this but just said, well, I'm butting the line. Because I got a better plan. And I got a better purpose. And it says, but Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Look what Caleb says. Here's my message to you. Let's go at once to this land. We can certainly conquer it. Come on, how many of you could say amen? Amen. Or did you automatically just fall to the other ten? Oh, no, they shouldn't do it. (laughs) Caleb says, everyone shush. Everyone be quiet. That land is our land. We can certainly conquer it. I I want you to see this. Caleb was not an outsider. I want you to see that Caleb was not in the journey with them. I'm telling you, Caleb is one of the very 12. And Caleb saw what they saw. Caleb experienced what they experienced. Caleb brought some of the very same fruit that they were carrying over to Moses and Aaron and to the leaders. Caleb was there. He was present. Caleb was there. And as, he, and as he's there and he's listening, he, he's happy and he's excited by the news that they're telling Moses. And out of nowhere, the news starts to turn bad. And you could almost sense where Caleb is looking at them like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you saying that to Moses? Be quiet. Shush. And you could almost sense where Caleb gets in front of them and says, shush. Be quiet, you guys. And he looks at Moses and Aaron and he says, that land's our land. Let's go at once and take that land. We can certainly conquer that land. This is what Caleb does. While the other ones are drowning in their worry and in their fear, Caleb says, let's go, verse 31, but the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. And this is what they said. There's always disagreements. Everything's not an agreement. If you live in a place where everything is fully agreed upon, well, I don't know. I don't know where you're at. There's always disagreements. There's always things and people that don't see eye to eye. It's fine. It's normal. But in the midst of all that, what is God calling this group to? What is God calling this family to? What is God calling them right now? And in the midst of disagreements, we better make sure, this is what's happening here in Numbers 13, that we do and we act according to the will of God in the midst of our disagreement. I love that. 
So what does he say? He says, it says that these other men that began to, that explored the land with them, they began to disagree. And look what they said to Caleb. We can't go up against them. They're stronger than we are. So they spread this bad, look at this now. They spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. Evil, sickening, wrong. They began to, they left the tent where they were giving the report and they went back home to their homes and they said, how was it? How was your trip? Oh, just tell everyone you know, it's not a good idea. Caleb and Joshua, they're over there and they're giving good reports, but I'm telling you right now, if we go, we're all going to die. It's not going to be a good thing. I think we should all stay here. We should all stay home. It's not going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be a bad thing. We're all going to die. And they're giving negative reports. And Joshua and Caleb were like, no, that's our promised land. So they spread bad report about the land among the Israelites and the land we traveled through and explored. It says it will devour anyone who goes to live there. They're saying if we go to live there, we're going to be devoured. And all the people we saw were huge. Verse 33, we even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. Oh my God, we're like grasshoppers in that land. We'll never, we'll never be able. And look how the fear spreads. Look how the negativity spreads. Pessimism just spreads throughout the Israelites. In verse 14, verse 1, it says, Then the whole community began weeping aloud. Here are people that didn't even see it. And they're crying about it. And they cried all night and their voices rose in a great chorus or protest against Moses and Aaron. You are protesting against your leaders who have helped you out of your sin, out of your bondage and out of your slavery because you couldn't understand what the Lord wanted to do with you in the wilderness and now you're entering your promised land and the first thing that you could do is you're going you're gonna to go ahead and speak evil and bad and d- talk down about your leaders who have been there interceding and leading you the whole way. I mean, that doesn't happen here. I'm just talking about them. You, you have the audacity to do that. You find the courage to do that. You sissies, you wimps, behind your back you go. And this is what you do to those that have led you throughout all these years, throughout all these successes, through these campaigns. Look what the Spirit of the Lord has done in the midst of you. And it says here that they began to cry and they began to lift up their voices and they began to protest against Moses and Aaron. And look at the nonsense. Look how deep they go into their despair. Look how deep they go into their fear. Look how deep they get into their mind that they say the most idiotic thing that comes out of their mouth. And it says what? If only we had died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness. Imagine being Moses. You wish to die back in Egypt? They complained, why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? Oh yes, listen guys, this Christian walk is too hard. Serving God is too difficult for you. You know what? Just go back to your sin and go to hell. That's the best thing for you. No. There is no option. It's difficult. Cool. Awesome. Keep fighting. You keep fighting. Oh, but it's hard. Okay. Jesus took a cross. Jesus took nails. Jesus put on a crown. 
Jesus was naked at the cross, shameful. All body parts were hanging loose. Nothing like Hollywood shows you. He was not covered. He was put to shame. And his back was ripped open when they ripped the robe off. That, that, that dry blood opened again. There was blood covering him, beard being ripped. I mean, it was a struggle for Jesus to get to the promised land. It was trouble. It was problems. Oh, but you know, he's God. No, he wept. His pores were such high anxiety that... Blood came out of his pores. Ask anyone in the medical field. They'll tell you that he was crushed to a place that man should never be crushed into. That causes him to sweat out blood. Oh, but it's very difficult. So what's your other option? To stop fighting? Go back to sin? And just go to hell? That's really what you want to do? No, but you look at what God's promised you. And you say, I know I have a promised land. And though I have a promised land, guess what? I'm going to fight and I'm going to keep on fighting, and I'm going to conquer it, and I'm going to overcome it, because I know that every promised land, in the midst of it, there's going to come what? Problems and troubles, but I know in me, there's a greater overcomer that's going to overcome those things, so that I can receive the blessings of the Lord. That's where we're at. That's what we have to do. So, so it, it goes on, and it says here that, then Moses and Aaron fell to their face down on the ground when they started to hear some of these complaints. And then two of the men who would explore the land, please listen to this, everyone say two. How many men were there in total? Twelve. How many of the men come to them now? Two. And the two is Joshua and Caleb. And they began to tear, tear their clothes off as a sign of anguish, as a sign of humility and brokenness before the Lord. And verse 7 says this. They said to all the people, of, please listen to this. They said this to all the people of Israel. The land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into the land and give it to us. It is a rich land. It is flowing with milk and honey. Do not rebel. Come on, church. Do not rebel against the Lord. Do not be afraid of the people of the land. They are only helpless prey to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Such, a, such an important passage, such an important history, such an important thing to remember. The land that was promised, bountiful, fruitful, everything that the Lord had told them, had told Moses, it was there, it was present, it was right before them, and they were bringing it. Everything that was spoken in Exodus, everything that was promised in Exodus chapter 6, and when these leaders come from spying and exploring the land, they do come back with great report. And he's like, Moses, it's just as you said. It's bountiful. It's beautiful. It's a blessing. It's milk, honey. It's flowing. It's fruitful. And yes, we just read, but, but there's a problem, the other guy said. And we're in disagreement with Caleb and what he's saying. There's people that are living there that are powerful. There's towns there that are hard to defeat. They're large and they're fortified. And there are giants all around us, our enemies. And I started to think about that. I said, we must never confuse difficulties obstacles, troubles, as God's promises being absent, as God's promises not still being present. I'm here to tell you that if the Lord has promised us a land and the Lord has given us a promised land to one day 
take as ours. I'm telling you, yes and amen. But don't think for once that the promised land that the Lord wants to give us, don't think for once that there's not a cost. Don't think for once that there's not a fight that's going to come out of you. I've learned that with every blessing and every land or promised land, there's also problems that stand in the middle. There's also issues that stand in between. And you start to think about that and you're like, but why? In John chapter 16, verse 33, those were Jesus' very own words. What does Jesus tell his followers? He tells them something that is so powerful that sometimes we overlook it when we read it. But it's powerful and there's truth. He does not sugarcoat it. He does not hide from it. I love that in Jesus' ministry and leadership, his goal is not necessarily to make people feel good. His goal is to show them, just come to me and in me I am good. And there is where you will find goodness. He was not just a motivator. Jesus, the last thing he was, was a motivator. He's not here to motivate you. Jesus was not here just to pat you on the back. When Jesus' ministry is running on earth, he spoke in truth, and sometimes his truth really offended people. Sometimes his truth, it really affected people. It really caused people to evaluate and examine their lives. Am I willing to live their life, this life? Can you imagine telling Jesus, Lord, I want to follow you? Come on, seriously, church. I want to follow you, but my dad just died. I want to go bury my father, and then I'll go serve you. And the Lord knows your heart. He says, I get what you're saying, but I know the depth of your heart, and I know that you're just justifying, you're giving me excuses. He says, you come and follow me nonetheless, and let the dead bury their own. I mean, you look at that, and you're like, well, Jesus is not graceful. He doesn't have a heart. Wouldn't he want me to go and be with my family and bury the dead? Why would he tell me, let the bed bury their own and just me come and follow him? Because he knew when that person came up to him, you're not telling me the whole truth. You're not counting the cost. You're not counting the cost, what what it means to follow me, to really pick up the cross. You're not really understanding this. And he gives us many examples like that in scripture. But in John chapter 16, 33, what is it that he says? He says this, and I quote Jesus. He says, these things I have spoken to you. That in me, you will have peace. How many of you could say amen? In me, you'll have peace. Thank God, because all I've experienced is war. In me, you'll have peace. Thank God, because all I felt is calamity. In me, you'll have peace. Thank God, because all I feel is trouble. Come on, how many of you have been living on this earth? How many people watching have been living here long enough to say, my God, when am I ever going to catch a break? Life has been one thing after another, one sickness after another, one problem after another. My marriage has been this thing to the next thing. My children have been this thing to the next thing. My friendships have been this thing to the next thing. Everything in my life has come with a struggle. I don't know, maybe you're like, not me. Everything's been so easy for me. Amen. Come over to the house. I want to hang out with you a little bit. I want some of that stuff to be rubbed on me. But you've experienced death in your life. And it hurt you. You've experienced all kinds of stuff and it's affected you. I mean, this year, my goodness, have we experienced things that have tested us this year. And what has it done to you? Come on, seriously, has it made you better or has it made you bitter? Seriously, has it made you holy or has it made you unholy? Has it made you godly or ungodly? Seriously, have you taken the opportunity 
Opportunity 2021. This is our time. Opportunity to do what? To do that which God has called us. Where? Right now in the land that he's given us. Oh, but it's hard. I know. I know it's hard. You tell every single one of the disciples that had to give their lives for the sake of the gospel. And you tell them, hey, was it easy? No. Every single one of us risked our lives and were killed for the sake of the gospel. John will step in like, not me. I was just tortured and persecuted. But I lived an old age and I wrote the book of Revelation. But he was persecuted. He was tortured. Every single one of them. Hallelujah. You know what every single one of them share in common? Yeah, they're all saved. Amen. They all share in sufferings. In sufferings. I could just imagine them in clusters and groups. Come on, tell us your suffering story. Tell us your suffering story. And they, they just bask because it's an honor to suffer for Jesus Christ. Paul says it. Paul, Paul, Paul would boast in his sufferings for Christ. Like, have you thought about that? To live in such a way that you stop complaining about your suffering and you begin to what? Boast about your suffering? Why? How is it in your life that you are able to transform the way you think, the way you talk, and instead of complaining about your suffering, you begin to bask in joy in your suffering. I'll tell you what it is. John chapter 16, verse 33. What does he say? Read the A part of that verse out loud. Everyone together. Ready? One, two, three. Stop. So, so the only way that I could stop complaining in my suffering and begin to boast in my suffering is that I recognize that the only truth is this. And, and Jesus says it perfectly. I've spoken you these things. It's in me. It's in Jesus. It's in me that you'll have peace. Oh, but all I've experienced is trouble. Life is hard. My Christian walk has not been easy. I've wanted to quit so many times. Like, I don't think this is for me. I think I'm going to go back to my old lifestyle. If that is you, if you are in the brink to leave the Lord, I'm telling you that you are not experiencing the peace that is found in Jesus. What am I trying to say? That there's troubles in our lives. There's troubles in our promised land. And to enter and to conquer the promised land. But those troubles. Troubles can be overcome, can be conquered because of what? Because of the peace that you live in, in Jesus Christ. These things I tell you, and these are the truth, that in me you will have peace. The verse, the statement does not end there. The quote does not end there. He says, this is true, in me you'll have peace. But I love that Jesus says what? In the world you're going to have tribulation. In the world, come on, substitute that word if you don't understand what tribulation means. You're going to have problems. You're going to have struggles. You're going to have heartaches. You're going to have obstacles. But in me, you will have peace. But in this world, you will have tribulation. So what do you do, in a, what do, you do when you live in both worlds? Because I live in Christ and I have peace, but I also live in a world that is filled with tribulation. And what does he tell the followers? It's the reminder of this. 
You have trouble. You have tribulation. You have obstacles. You have sufferings. But you, not, you, you must remember this. In me, in me, you'll have peace. Stay in me. The troubles will be there. The obstacle will be there. The pain will be there. The suffering will be there. I can't promise you that it's not going to be there. But I will promise you this, that in me, you will have peace. And in this world, you're going to have the problems that you wish they could just go away. But what does he say next? He says this, but be of good cheer. Find courage. Why? After what you just told me. Be of good cheer. Because I, your peace, has overcome this world. I have conquered this world. Come on, really? Really? What does that mean? Find peace in that. Find peace. Numbers 13. The Lord is good. The land is just as you promised. The promised land is right there for us. But there's problems that are standing before our blessing. And I guess the great question is this. If you've ever had a problem that has stood before your blessing. Come on, church. There's a blessing. But every time you look at that blessing that God has promised, every time you look at that land, that promised land, you recognize God. But why must there always be trouble? I don't know how far I want to get into this right now. See, the leaders despised. How many were there? Ten of them. They were ready to abort mission. Actually, they, they decided to abort mission. Maybe, have you been there where whew, the Lord has promised you and there's a problem, there's an obstacle, there's a struggle? You know, it's like the person says, oh, we just want to get married. They get married. Then they get to the promised land of marriage and they're like, oh my God. She, she's just so this and he's such a, he's so lazy. And she's so demanding. And we're all, and I'm like, what happened to your promised land? Deal with the promised land, the problems that come with it. You wanted to be married, but now you want to be separated. Now you deal. You deal with those problems in that promised land that you wanted so bad and that God had for you. Oh, I want children. A person prays for children and they have children. Oh my God, my child is just driving me crazy. <laughs> which, which one is it? I've been there. I, I want a kid. Oh my God, Jackson. <laughs> and the Lord's like, work your problem. Work your problem. I've given you a promised land. But in that promised land, I've also given you what? I've promised problems. I'm not telling you that the problems will overcome you and overtake you. I'm not telling you all these things. As a matter of fact, these things I've spoken to you. <laughs> in me, you'll have peace. But in this world, you're going to have suffering. You're going to have tribulation. But take courage. Because I've overcome this world. This is a very powerful thing because here are the 10 leaders out of the 12. And the 10 are very negative. They're aborting mission. And maybe you've been there where you said, well, maybe this is not the right time. 
Come on, be, I'm being very honest with you guys. You know that there's a promised land. You know that there's a blessing. You're walking into it, but then what? Life gets really hard. The stuff gets really ill, you know, really sick. The things gets really deep. The mud thickens a little bit. The struggle really comes. The pain comes. The suffering happens. And then what, do you, what happens? Oh, well, maybe this just wasn't the right time because it was difficult. I thought if God opened up the door, it was going to be easy for me. No. If God opened the door, he's going to grow faithfulness in you. And I think if God opens the door and he makes it easy, I think that it's not fair because then he's not going to grow faith. So guess what? The door's open. Walk into your promise land. Now what? Now get ready to be tested. Well, I thought the Lord won't test me. No, the Lord won't tempt you, but he definitely will test your faith. So then you get tested when you open up that door. And like, why, God? I know you gave me this. I know you opened up this promised land for me. But why do I continue to suffer? Why do I continue to have these problems? Why do I continue to have these these struggles, these obstacles? And he's like, why? Because I am building in you a better man and a better woman. How does a fighter get good? Better. Improper there. But how does a fighter get better? They got to keep fighting. They got to keep fighting. A fighter that I think I could fight. So I'm going to go fight in a ring. I think from now on, I'm going to be a boxer. No, that's not how we wish. But what do you do? You fight and you what? You get hit and you get knocked down. And you what? You fail. Why do you fail? Because failure is good. Why? Because if you're in Christ and he's your peace, failures are meant to teach you. So that what? So when you fight that giant again, guess what? I know that punch now. I failed in that punch before, but I've overcome that punch. And watch now how I will take that punch on this time. Yes. How many times in this church have we preached about David with Goliath? Everyone is timid and scared and weary and all oh, shaking in their boots. And David's like, give me that guy. And they all laugh at him because he can't even carry Saul's sword because it's so heavy. He can't even wear his shield because it's so heavy. So he's like, I can't wear that. I have to, I can't wear what someone else has to try to receive the blessing of God. How many of you try to dress yourself into what someone else is dressed like so that you could get the blessing that they could have? And God's like, no, you fight your own battle with your own weapons and you go to your own warfare that I am calling for you. So give back the shield to Saul and give back Saul's sword. And what do I do then? Take out that little stones and take out that slingshot and watch what I use, what I've given you to overcome the giants that are in your land. And he goes up to that giant and says, today the Lord will give me your head and today the Lord will give us this land. And you say, well, where does David build up such confidence? We've taught that here year after year. It wasn't just because one day he woke up and he said, I feel brave. I'm going to fight Goliath. No, but it was what? It was battles. It was struggles. It was sufferings in the secret place of fighting bears and lions with his very own hands. That when it was time for the giant, he didn't see him as a giant. He stood as small as he was before the giant. And he recognized the true giant here is the one that has given me peace within. And today. I will conquer it. I mean, we must really understand the gospel for what it is. We are, we are, I am, I'm not picking on you. We are weak. We are scared and we are soft. And we are, what a generation we live in. Come on, no more. No more. We have the peace of Jesus Christ that lives inside of us. And what? He's conquered the world. What does that mean for you? You conquer your problems, baby. You, you conquer your struggles. You what? You overcome your pain. What? Search deep within. To that, that, that only that which Christ is and gives you is the only ability that you have to, to, to defeat that suffering in your life.
It's there. It's in. I don't know if I have the tool. What? You have the person of Jesus Christ living. Well, I don't know if I have the skill. What? I don't know if I have the words. What? You have Jesus. Come on, everyone say, I can conquer it. I can conquer it. I can conquer it. I can conquer what's happening in my family. I can conquer what's happening with my friends. I can conquer what's happening in my ministry. I can conquer what's happening. But I must come to the realization of what I really am. I must come to the realization of what I'm really doing wrong. I must really recognize I'm actually like the other ten. That all I do is complain and wimp out and get weary and grow cold. And all I do is get bitter. But i got to stop doing that. Today I make a decision. I'm going to be like Joshua. I'm going to be like Caleb. And I will conquer it. This thing I tell you, in me you will have peace. How many of you could say amen? Amen. In me you'll have peace. Amen. Amen. But in this world you will have tribulation. Eh? You will have tribulation. But the tribulation, the suffering, the pain, it's all good if Christ is your peace. David had a tribulation for the, for the rest of his life. You think David's life was not easy. You think he beat Goliath and all his problems were over? The enemy's like, oh, I didn't get you a Goliath. I'm going to use your son. I'm going to use your sin. I mean, it's one struggle after another struggle. I love that today I get to tell you, guys, I'm sorry, but if you've been told that your life is going to be struggle-free, problem-free, painful-free, painless. That's a lie. You have a promised land. That's the truth. But sometimes standing between you and the promised land is some very strong suffering, some very strong pain, some very, very large giants. But don't think for once that in Christ and that peace that lives inside of you, don't think for once that it is not able to conquer that which stands before you and the land which God has promised you. Come on. We can conquer it. Can I keep preaching this message next week? Because yes. I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to hurry it. I want to I stop here for a moment. <clears throat> I'm going to put a star where I stopped. But that we would see this truth, that we would live in this truth and convince ourselves of this truth. Amen? Amen. Yesterday, I was sent a video that blessed me. And let me tell you why it blessed me. Um, it was sent, uh, I think Lou had archives in his, in his computer from, from preachings that was sent to him. And I, don't, I, don't even, I remember this day, but I don't remember, I don't even know how it got recorded. Because in those days it wasn't like today that everyone has a phone. We had uh, flip phones in those days and, and uh, things weren't recorded. But in this video it's special because for many reasons. But you're going to notice my youth in this video. But what I love about this video is the message that I was preaching some 13 years ago in this video, 13 years ago. Um, it might have been the first year of this church or it might have been my last year at 
the church where I was a youth pastor at when I preached this. So I was very young. I was in my mid-20s. And I'm preaching a message. And the message has to do with what the Word of God says I am and what the Word of God says He is and how we can conquer. And that video blessed me really for one, one main reason when I, when I saw it yesterday. It blessed me because from that video that you're about to see, I'm going to show it to you guys today, and please ignore the, the youthfulness of how I ended in that video. I was just at a different place. We're all growing, growing in our gifts. And um, from that video, from that preaching to, to today, which is March, what's today, 13? 14. March 14, 30, wow. To March 14, 21. In that, that man's life right there, a lot has happened. A lot has happened. Within, within those years, a lot has happened. My heart has been broken. My son has been sick. We've been tested in our family. Our church has gone through ups and downs. I've gone through ups and downs. I've wanted to quit. I wanted to keep going. I wanted to quit. <laughs> I wanted to keep going. In those years, a lot has happened in just my own personal life. But what blessed me was like, wow, there's one thing that I want to honor in Christ today. That all those years back, I'm preaching a message. That today, with all the struggles and the pain, to receive the promised land that I believe is for me. And overcoming the things that I've called, been called to overcome. I thank you, Lord, because you have not removed that message from my mouth. And I pray that the testimony of this would have weight in your life, would have meaning to your life to say, because some of you, Natalie, I'm sorry, because I'm, I'm close to Natalie and George, and I feel like I talk open to them. And, but how many years have you been with the Lord? More or less. You know you've been a long time when you can't think of the numbers. But 20? 20 something years. That's a lot of years with the Lord, amen? But Natalie's mom, we were there when her mom passed. That was a struggle in your life. But Natalie, from the moment you came to know Christ and you began to testify of Jesus in your life to the Natalie you are today, can you say in your life, my God, this Natalie has, has really gone through some stuff, man, has really fought some battles, has really cried herself. Many are the days that I've wept in bed. George, can you testify of that too in your own life? Man, this, this, is, this is real. But I will say, well, Natalie, has your faith today, has it wavered for once from where you started to where you're at today? Are you today still planted in the truth of his word and who Christ is, aiming towards the promised land that God has for you? And she's nodding yes. What is it? What is it? It is counting the cost. It's, it's recognizing, like, I'm here in this land. And God has promised me something. And as long as I'm here, I'm going I'm to aim for the peace of Christ to be alive. But there's going to be troubles. But I pray that, that when I start and even when I finish, man, that message never leaves. That truth is not erased. I don't want to be like these guys that they die or right before the brink of death 
all that junk comes out about who they really were. Oh my God, I, what a failure. What a hurt. But that man, that when we die, it wasn't perfect. But that when, when we go, we're like, wait a minute. That person has held fast from that moment all the way from when I could remember. And my God, in between, have they gone through some stuff. Come on. What am I trying to say? You're able. Don't give excuses. Don't justify. If Christ is in you, trust me, 10 years later, you'll still be here. If we're still alive here, you'll still be present. You'll still be serving. You'll still be anchored in your faith. Why? Because you're in Christ. And you will learn throughout the years all those struggles, those battles, those pains. They're meant for you to overcome. Why? Because I pray that Natalie, and I pray for me, and I pray for every single one of you, the faith that you live with today is totally different than the faith that you lived in back then. You were preaching it then, but now you live it differently today because of the battles throughout those years. Come on, we can conquer it. Listen, listen to this video. Watch this video. I hope it blesses you. You know that the word of God has told me that all things work together for the good of those who love God and all things are working according to his purpose. The word of God says that I don't have a spirit of fear, but I have a spirit of power and of what? Love and of what? And a sound mind. The word of God tells me that he is my life, that he is my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The word of God tells me that the Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Do you know that the word of God says that in all things I am more than a conqueror through him who loves me? I am, I'm just telling you some of the things that my word says. My word tells me that in all things I am more than a conqueror. My word tells me thanks be to God because he's given me the victory through my Lord Jesus Christ. My word tells me that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. My word tells me that I have been given the power to tread over serpents and over scorpions, over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means can come against me. So you mean to tell me that you can grab persons like that and actually put them into your life and walk in them? Yeah! <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. yeah! That's what I'm telling you. Yeah! yeah. Amen. <laughs> yeah. It's all right, Lord. You humble me, Lord. Now, I look at that video. About to turn 40 in a few months. All right? And I say, oh, my God, if I could just stand in front of that young man. Saying all those great things on that day. And if I could just sit right in front of him and say, <laughs> so good. So good. So good. Just preach it, brother. Preach it. When he's done coming off that podium, I put my arm around him. The older me. And says, young Regal, my God, do I need to talk to you about the next 13 years? Do I really need to tell you some of the things that you're going to really have to conquer? I really hope, young Regal, that when you preach this message today, I really hope you believe this for yourself. Because you're going to be tested 
And everyone that you're preaching this to, they're going to see whether what you said, whether it's really true in your life. I really hope you know the Christ who gives you peace. Because all those words that you said were true, young Regal. But I'm older now, and I'm telling you that you're going to get tested by every single one of those words that you just said. I hope that when you get to my age, you can still preach that same message with that same passion. Amen. I'm going to continue to preach that same message with that same passion. That's powerful. That's powerful. I want you to really just right there where you're at, maybe ask Vanya to come up here for a moment just as we close up. But I want you to examine yourself and, 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 and to really just um, evaluate there and see where you're at. Listen to this phrase. Listen to this command. Listen to this. It's like a shout almost. We can conquer it. But I, with all seriousness, I ask you, what does that mean to you? We're not done with this message. We're going to continue it on it on Sunday. So, so come back, please, and listen to it. But how many of you, how many of you right there, right now, what does that mean to you? Come on, you have struggles and you have pains and you have sufferings or you have worries. Some of you are dealing with things right now in your life that the young you, the young you, would have never saw it coming. Maybe it's a, some sort of sickness. Maybe it's some sort of financial burden. Maybe it's some sort of family issue. Maybe it's some sort of business ordeal. But seriously examine yourself and say, man, that young me that I showed that video of, my God, did he have to go through, through some journeys in his life. I'm just going to be 40. I'm still young. I believe that. I pray when I'm 60 and I look at the videos of when I was 40, I could do the same thing. But yet at that age, I could see how the Lord has grown my faith. I could tell you today at my age that my faith is at a different place than that young man that was preaching so passionately at that old church. I could tell you that this guy has gone through some stuff. I've lost some hair. I've grown some gray ones. I've had some problems. I've had to overcome them. I've had some weaknesses that I'm still wrestling against. But I could tell you that there are certain things that I've been in the field against that that young man right there would have never, never have imagined. But I thank you, Lord that all these years later I'm still fighting the good fight we still hold fast to the truth we're not perfect we've made many mistakes we've said many dumb things we've made many wrong decisions but you still kept us 
I still have faith and a greater faith today than ever before. And Lord, you're putting this word in me to remind me yet again, like you reminded the young 20-year-old, oh, that I can conquer it. That I'm still, at this point of my life, I'm still more than a conqueror. I'm still more than a conqueror. On, truly examine your life what would you tell the young you what obstacles what struggles what pains have you overcome some of them are a consistent overcoming they don't the reality of it is it doesn't go away but the way you handle it is different the way you've grown in it is different It never has been removed from your life. It's like Paul when he says, a thorn in my flesh has been given to me. Maybe it's never been removed from your flesh. But you could testify today that because of that thorn, the person I am today is handling it way different than the person when it first began. Because I have found that in this world, with its many tribulations, I have found the Christ in which my peace is found in. And because of that, I've overcome many things. And because of that truth, I am still overcoming some of those very same things. And in Christ, I will continue to overcome them successfully for the rest of my life. until I receive the fullness of my eternal promised land. Come on! How many of you can make that statement today? If that's you today, can you stand with me? Bold like a warrior. Bold like a warrior. And as you stand, say, Lord, this is my commitment to you. Listen to these words. This is my commitment to you. I stand. I stand yet again. I stand yet again. And the altar is this, Lord. The altar in which the offering is placed is this. That I stand again. I stand yet again. And I declare this truth. I will conquer it again and again and again and again. Because the land is my land. And the enemies will be placed under my feet. I will overcome the pain. I will overcome the suffering. I will conquer the struggle. Because Christ is my peace. Come on, how many of you could give that to him right there? Come on, spend a moment. Spend a moment praying to your Lord right there. Have communion with God. What's the deep things that you you need to speak to him about? Come on, warriors. Strong and mighty. Ready for battle. Take off the garments of complaining. Take off the garments of bitterness and worry and fear. 
put on the garments of courage, boldness, strength, and might, the garments of peace, for I am more than an overcomer. Man and woman of faith, rise up and leave the fear for man and woman behind. For some of you, enough is enough. Enough is enough for some of you. You're hanging it up. You're letting them go. You're letting it go. You know that there's a promised land. But you know very well deep down inside whether you're truly fighting and battling the giants within. Or have you given in and justified your life? But you're not willing to count the cost to sacrifice that person, those persons, that thing, that money, that bit, whatever it is, you're not willing to, to say, I let go of these garments. And I will continue to fight. I will continue to conquer. And I will continue to take that land which God's given me. Come on, some of you need to make decisions. Well, I'll pray about it. What are you going to pray about? There's nothing to pray about. There's nothing to seek God about. It's just the truth. Some things just have to be done. Some things just have to change. Oh, but I, I'm not equipped. I need a shield and a sword and a helmet. And God's like, shh. Take that piece of stick and the stone from your pocket and sling it at his head. Oh, but it's not enough. Right, I'm enough. Oh, but it's too weak. Right, I am strong. Every negative thing, the Lord combats it with something positive. Every false, every lie, the Lord combats it with truth, assurance. And he says, okay, you don't fit into Saul's garments. So, you fit into what I've given you take out the slingshot come on and hit the giant on his forehead like you so well well able to do come on you can conquer I'll stay here for another hour continuing to preach to you till you believe it for yourself I can conquer it but before you conquer it I need you to do this today today right now I need you to look at yourself and I need you to come to the reality of who you really are and find yourself of who you are in Christ today. No more excuses. No more, like, just look at yourself and say, this is who you really are. And I'm not going to give you any more reasons. And I'm not going to give you any more excuses. And I'm not going to justify one more thing. The truth is the truth. Rigo, you're this. Rigo, you're that. Rigo, you're lazy. Rigo, you're complacent. Rico, you're there. Rico, whatever it is that you need to say, say it. You've been dying for someone just to say it to your life. And when they say it to your life, you get offended anyways. So don't wait for someone to say it in your life because you're not going to like it when they tell you. So you say it to yourself who you really are. You make a commitment to the Lord and say, I'm going to find my identity in you starting right now. I'm going to put on the garments of God. I'm, I'm going to strip myself from these things that weigh me. Oh, I'm not saying I'm going to be problem-free. But the promised land, 
I'm going to attack those problems because the promised land is mine. And if there's one thing that is for sure in my life, I'm going to continue to fight the good fight that God's called me to fight. Amen? Lord, I thank you and I love you. We thank you for such a beautiful morning like this. We pray that this truth would ring deep in our minds and in our spirits for the, for, for the days to come and that we would learn and grow to know that we can conquer it. And as we continue to exhaust this thought in the week or weeks to come that you would bring growth, edification, strength to our lives. And that starting today that there would be extreme changes. That Lord, you would do such a mighty work in us that we would change the way we look at stuff we'll talk about that stuff next week and that we could just declare what you've promised us is ours and those giants and those issues we're more than able to conquer them i pray for strength over this family for every family for every person here that you would do a mighty work and that you would serve a mighty reminder that in you and in your peace that they can conquer it So, Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we honor you this morning. It's in Jesus Christ. And together, church, we say, yes, Lord, and amen. Come on, give God some praise. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. I pray that you leave today with the peace of Christ, with boldness, with strength, and that you change things immediately in your life. Have a prosperous, fruitful, restful Sunday. Have an awesome week. Ladies, go to your meetings this week or the day. Men, go to your meetings that you have to go to. And let's have an awesome week. Fighting giants, conquering lands. Fighting giants, conquering lands. Amen? Amen. Everyone watching as well. What, we, what can we say? Remember these three words. You are loved. Amen. God bless you guys.